And Elliot, I'm proud of you, and I'm excited to let you come and share what God has put in your heart. Come on, give it up for Elliot today. knows that didn't hurt just hurt my pride this is my pride that's it yeah so I just want to thank my dad and you guys for letting me come and talk to you here I don't take it lightly this is a big deal to me you know okay so I want to start out by telling you guys that recently I just got my permit and I'm learning to drive and everything and my parents are teaching me but they both have very different, interesting ways of teaching me how. <laughs> For instance, my mom, she likes the method of not letting me drive. That's her, it's the way she does it. You know, the practice on the couch, use your blinkers, that type of stuff. But then when she does, on the rare occasion that I do drive with my mom, she, yes, she just helps me on the way with, with every little thing you can think of she helps me with like she'll tell me that there's a the light is turning red while it's still green so just in case and just so and she likes to hold on to the little thing right there no matter what just hold it on and she'll do she'll flinch and cringe and yell car and stuff like that which does not help me at all But my dad, he has an interesting method, too. He likes the whole sit in the passenger seat, play Angry Birds approach. That's what he goes for. He just, this is my, he's just saying, yep, that's good. Good job, Elliot. And I'm like, Dad, I just hit a pedestrian. What are you talking about? But, and one thing I also noticed, they both have completely different directions to every single place we go. Like, we could be going to the bank, which is just down the street, but they both have different ways to get there. And if I happen to get mixed up on which direction to go, like I take my dad's way with my mom, she's just like, what are you doing? You're, oh, your dad's an idiot. He doesn't know where to go. <laughs> but one thing they have in common is that when I come to a fork in the road, I have to decide on which one to go. They both agree on that. And so that reminded me of a, a story that I know by a great poet, Dr. Seuss. It's called The Zode in the Road. Did I ever tell you about the young Zode who came to two signs at the fork of the road? One said to place one and the other place two, so the Zode had to make up his mind what to do. Well, the Zode scratched his head and his chin and his pants. And he said to himself, I'll be taking a chance. If I go to place one, now that place may be hot. And so how do I know if I'll like it or not? On the other hand, though, I'll be sort of a fool if I go to place two and find it too cool. In that case, I might catch a chill and turn blue. So maybe place one is best, not place two. But then again, what if place one is too high? I might catch a terrible earache and die. So place two may be best. On the other hand, though, what might happen to me if place two is too low? I might get some very strange pain in my toe. So place one may be best, and he started to go. Then he stopped and said, on the other hand, though, on the other hand, other hand, other hand, though, 
And for 36 hours and a half, that poor Zoe made starts and made stops at the fork in the road, saying, don't take a chance. No, you may not be right. Then he got an idea that was wonderfully bright. Play safe, cried the Zoad. I'll play safe. I'm no dunce. I'll simply start out from both places at once. And that's how the Zoad, who wouldn't take a chance, got no place at all with a split in his pants. But we laugh. That's a funny story and everything, you know. But that, when I read it, kind of reminded me of us as Christians, you know. Like, when we become Christians and we get saved, it's like we come to a fork in the road when we accept Jesus into our heart, we come to the straight and narrow path and the wide path. And we have to decide. But a lot of us, we don't want to pick one place or the other because we know where they lead. We know which place leads the right way. So that's the main thing that we're going for that way, you know. Oh, we go to heaven. But the other place is just fun on the journey there, you know. So we don't want to decide, so we try to go both places at once. But eventually, we have to decide because... They go two separate ways. You can't go on both of them. You're going to have to come to a decision. And this reminded me of another, um, well, this, when I came to my dad and told him I wanted to uh, preach, I came to him with just like an idea that I had, like a little metaphor or analogy. And it, it's like, say I'm a vegetarian, which I am definitely not a vegetarian. If you could ask my family, I eat meat all the time. But say I'm a vegetarian. And my whole family's a vegetarian. My family's always been vegetarians. And I know what it means to be a vegetarian. I, I am a vegetarian. But at school and at work, you know, some of my friends, they're not vegetarians. But it's cool. I hang out with them. But eventually, sometimes, I'll have a hot dog here and there, maybe a chicken wing or something. But I'm still a vegetarian. It's no big deal. I'm not a vegetarian, you guys. That, that's not following the rules of being a vegetarian. It's one way or the other. That's the same with being a Christian, but a lot of us think of it like that. Like, oh, I'm a Christian, but this or this or that. Okay, so my text for today is Matthew 7, 13 through 14. I'll give you a moment to read, okay? Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only few find it. That's exactly like the Zoda in the road. We come to that crossroad, one is life, one is death. You think it'd be an easy decision, but it's, it's the journey that makes it hard to decide. One is through twists and turns and mountains, and one is a party road, you know? It's just easy. And all our friends are going on the other road. All our coworkers are taking that route, and it's just so tempting, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because we know what we're getting into, when we go both ways or we go to that road, but we still are so tempted to go on it. It's just, it blows my mind. But there's also a Bible character who I noticed had to decide which road to take too. So in Judges 13, two through five, it says, a certain man of Zorah named Mano from the clan of the Danites had a wife who was childless, unable to give birth. And the angel of the Lord appeared to her and said, You are barren and childless, but you are going to become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now you see to it that you drink no wine or other fermented drink, and that you do not eat anything unclean. You will become pregnant and have a son whose head is never to be touched by a razor, because the boy is to be a Nazarite, dedicated to God from the womb. He will take the lead in delivering Israel from the hand of the Philistines. 
So I think you guys all know who this is. It's Samson. And there are a couple things I noticed about Samson from reading through his story and everything. The first thing I noticed was Samson had a destiny. And one of the ways he had a destiny is that God called him. He was called to be a Nazarite, which just means that he was, like, set apart. He was different from everybody else in the world at that time. There were some Nazarites, but it was, it was kind of a big deal to be a Nazarite, you know? And it was difficult to be a Nazarite. But he was set apart, and he wasn't like anybody else. That's like us as Christians. We are set apart, you know? I think we kind of forget that sometimes, but we are we're supposed to be different. People, you know, we're not supposed to be like the stereotype or whatever, but we're supposed to be different. They're, we're set apart from everyone else. We're Christians. If you accept Jesus in your heart, that sets you apart. And another thing I noticed about his call was his call was so great, his mom was affected while she was pregnant with him. That's a pretty big call. If your mom, she had to refrain from things because of his call. It, he, he was going to do some great things, you know? And his call was before he was born, while he was still in his mother's womb, which this reminded me of Psalm 139.13, which says, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Uh, we are called, what that tells me is that we're called while we're still in our mom's stomachs, too. Just like Samson, you know? If God knits you together, he knows what your destiny is and what you're going to be. That's just awesome, you know? Even if you don't, even if you don't know what you're going to, like, I don't know what my destiny is yet, but God does. He's known for 16 years, and he knows what I'll be when I'm 70 or, you know? That's awesome. But he was also called to deliver people from an enemy. His, the enemy he was called to deliver people from was the Philistines, you know? We are called to deliver people from an enemy too. Just so you, that's the devil and the world. We're called to deliver people from that. Not to go along with it and start to be affected by it ourselves. We're the deliverers, you know? And if we're not doing that, nobody is, you know? So it's our job. We got to take that seriously. Another, the other way Samson's destiny was, was God blessed him. In Judges 13, 24, it says, The woman gave birth to a boy and named him Samson. He grew, and the Lord blessed him. Our destiny also includes blessings, but God can't bless us if we're on the wrong path or if we're trying to go both at the same time. God blesses people who are doing what they're supposed to, who are going on the right path. And so if you're wondering, you know, like, why isn't anything going my way? Why is all this stuff, I, you know? Maybe you're not on the right path, you know? You got to check that. And God also used Samson. And Judges 13, 25 says, And the Spirit of the Lord began to stir him while he was in Manna Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. The Spirit stirred in him. So the Spirit empowered and prepared him to do great things. He killed the lion with his bare hands. And I, I was reading that in greater detail, and it says he ripped the lion like a young goat, which doesn't make it sound easy either because, I mean, I don't see anyone who could rip a goat either. But still, that's pretty crazy. But he also, another thing, we think of Samson as super strong, you know, buff dude. But I think 
the Spirit of the Lord also gave him wisdom, like, because we read about how he um, got the, the foxes and tied them together and lit the tails on fire and burned the Philistines' crops. I, I can't do that. <laughs> As you can see, I'm not the... <laughs> but he also um, killed countless Philistines, which was delivering people from an enemy. And he killed them with a donkey's jawbone. That's, uh, he's like Rambo then or something. <laughs> but yeah, that was Samson's destiny. He was doing great things, and he was on, going on the right track. But where he kind of started walking both roads at one time, started compromising, is what I want to talk about now, is Samson's compromise. First thing I want to talk about is how did Samson compromise? Uh, He broke the rules and he like crossed the line. And just so you guys can understand this, I have a a video for you guys. It's coming. Just a minute, partner. You can't talk to me like that. Them's fighting words. (laughs) Them's fighting words. I dare you to step over this line. Okay, I'm a steppin'. I dare you to step over this one. This one. This one. That one. That one. This one. Okay, I think you guys are catching on where my intellectual level is at. Like, Dr. Seuss and Bugs Bunny, that's about where I'm at. I'm hooked on phonics and everything, you know? But I, again, I just think the reason I choose these is because they're simple and we get it and we laugh, but I think they just work perfectly for understanding. That, that's all funny and everything, but that's just like us. We were walking and we're like, okay, yep, this is where I draw the line. This is definitely, this is my standards. But what we do is we draw that line in the dirt. So all we got to do is just, you know, step over. The line's gone. We draw a new line. And we just keep doing that little by little. And it... For a while, the standards seem fine, but then the standards seem, oh, those are out of whack. That's not, that's not relevant. That's not cool. It's funner. Okay, I'll just do this. And then eventually we keep doing it. Before you know it, you're off the cliff. You know? One thing I noticed was Samson touched dead animals, married a Philistine, slept with prostitutes, and cut his hair. And side note, Samson was a jacked up dude. He ate honey out of a dead lion. I mean, who wants honey that bad? I think even like Winnie the Pooh would draw the line there and be like, that's just, but Samson was just jacked up. But everything he did there was breaking his vow as a Nazarite, right? It doesn't say like, okay, cutting your hair is gonna be your final straw. He didn't know that cutting his hair would be the the last thing that put him over the cliff. We don't know either because the cliff ends eventually, you know? There's boundaries that even God is like, okay, that's where I draw the definite line. But Samson didn't know. He could have cut his hair first. Who knows what would have happened if he cut his hair first? But, or he could have stopped with with eating honey out of a line. Who knows? Samson might have done even, we would have been reading a whole different story than what we are. But he didn't. He kept going. And we do stuff that pushes our boundary and vow as a Christian. We don't realize that taking, becoming a Christian is like taking a vow. We've got to take this seriously. And we have like gray areas, which are the things that we're like, okay, 
Okay, that, nah, that's not that bad. Okay, no. But I'm not going to get into all the gray areas because I don't want to, yeah, it would get a little uncomfortable here. But it's just like, you know what your gray area is. You know, if you have to think, okay, first of all, if you ever have to say, I don't think I'll go to hell for this, or I don't think it's going to send me to, why would you throw that in the air? My salvation isn't rolling the dice. I want to know for sure that I'm going to heaven. I'm not taking chances. You know? <sighs> yeah. Okay, but two of the ones that I will talk about, just because they're easy, and I don't think anyone's going to get all offended or anything in here, are entertainment and speech. And I chose these two because they kind of go together, too, you know? So entertainment, you know, what you feed your spirit comes out. And you might say, you know, it's not that bad to go see a movie and everything. And who knows, you know, whatever. But one time, you know, my mom, she, when she tells me stuff, I hate to say it, but most of the time, after we get into the argument or the debate or whatever, I end up, and most of the time when I argue with my mom, I know like midway through that she's right, but I'm too far into it to be like, you're right. So I just got to go the rest of the way and keep arguing, and I'm just like, but one time I wanted to go see a movie. I don't even know what it was, but uh, also a side note, she has an app on her phone, which most of you have smartphones. It's called, um, you might want to write it down, it's called pluggedin.com or something like that, and it just checks movies and tells you like the language, the sex scenes or whatever, so you don't go into it saying PG-13 for language. Who knows? It will tell you exactly what it's PG-13 or R for. So if you want it, it's up to you. But she, she got it, and she pulled up. She's like, well, it says this, 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 and this. And I'm like, that's the world, Mom, you know? You can't shield me. I'm not a little boy anymore. I hear it all the time. And I thought I was doing pretty good. I'm like, yeah, these are good arguments. But, but then she's like, yeah, I know you're in the world, and that, that's all around you, but... Why would you pay to feed your spirit that? I'm like, <sighs> so I, I didn't go see that movie, obviously, but it's true. I, I thought about it later, and it, it's true. You're paying to feed your spirit that. I know the world's around you, and you're bound to hear cussing and profanity and see stuff, but why would you pay to feed your spirit something? You could be using that time to... I don't know, read your Bible maybe, I don't know. Like, maybe not for the adults, but for the youth in the room, I know it's hard for us to do our devotional times and find time to read our Bible just because it's just like, you know, we're teenagers or whatever. But and when, we're, when we go a whole day without reading our Bible or whatever, but we found time to see a movie or hang out with our friends and that type of stuff, that stuff becomes idols. Because you're putting it before God. That's just like sports can become an idol too. I'm not saying like you miss because you have to go to practice every once and again. But if you're now all the time, you miss because sports is first. That You get to get your priorities straight. It, it's God before everything else. Sports becomes an idol. And that, I can tell you, is definitely a sin. That's in the Ten Commandments. Idols are sins. You know, so take it or leave it, you know.
But, but with, but with speech, with the speech thing, you know, that's another thing we all have gray areas. Some people say the line's here, some people say it's over here, and some people say it's over there. You know, I'm not going to get into that, but the one reason I, if, if for no other reason but this, for your witness, you know, how are you going to be saying, bleep, 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 and then be like, yo, man, next Sunday we have our Christmas service. You should come. <laughs> how is someone going to respond to that? I wouldn't go with you. I'd be like, what jacked up church are you going to, man? But just for your witness alone, if you think it's fine, then whatever. But I just think that's a really thing we need to work on, you know? And Samson, once, he could have only done one of these things, like I said, but once he started compromising, he couldn't stop. Because once you start changing your, changing your standards and everything, it's hard to stop changing your standards because you keep wanting to go farther and farther till you're off the cliff. And a wise guy told me one time that compromising is a process. Creighton, throw it out there for you. But it's a process. It's not just one thing Samson did made him a compromiser. It's he kept doing it because you can't stop compromising. So that's how he compromised. Now I want to talk about why he compromised. One reason is the world's influence. When all this is going on around you, it's hard to not want to compromise. I mean, like, just look at the TV or media. You could be watching, like, ABC. You don't even have to turn to the risky channels and... It's still showing you, uh, not like that risky channel, Pima, but it's still showing you compromise all around you. You could go outside to the grocery store, and it's just the standards of what the world is supposed to be, an average American family, the world is trying to change it and shift it and everything. And, and then if you don't agree with it, you're a, you don't, you're so... I can't think of the word, but you're just mean. You don't understand people. You're a jerk. All this stuff. Intolerant. Thank you. But, yeah. Right? It's hard to deal with that. When you know the, what the Bible says and what you're living by is right, and the world is saying, oh, you're intolerant, all this stuff, it's hard not to be like, you know, maybe, maybe the world's changing. I got to change with it. You don't have to change with it. That's not what God called us to do. And also, it's easier to go along with the crowd than to be different, you know? It just comes back to the road. The wide road is an easy, straight road, and it's big, and there's room, and it's fun. But it's not as easy to go the narrow road. Just like being a Nazarite for Samson, it wasn't easy. You're going to have to try. But it's worth it. If you have something easy, you're not going to appreciate it as much. I think that's why God didn't make it easy, because it's just like... I, I have a job now, and I'm, trying, I'm earning my own money, I'm buying my own stuff, and I appreciate it a lot more because I had to work and pay for it. It's just like that. And another big excuse for everyone why we compromise with the world and everything is, oh, we want to relate. We want to relate to everybody. I'm doing this to relate. How about this? How about you? I'm just, can I talk to you guys for a second? I'm just a punk teenager just... How about you guys, 
instead of relating by doing stuff, how about you relate by saying, look, I know I was trying to fill that void in my life by doing that and that and that, but you know what filled that void? God filled that void for me, and now I don't have to do that anymore. How about we relate to people like that? That's still relating to them. You know how they feel, but you don't have to go down to their level. God didn't call us to go down to the world. He called to bring the world to our level, you know? Another reason Samson was compromising is because Samson was selfish. Everything was about Samson. I want to sleep with prostitutes. I want to eat honey out of a lion. I, he, was just, he was a selfish and weird guy. But we're selfish, too, when we compromise. Some of the time, we compromise just to please ourselves. The world's influence has nothing to do with it. And that is really a freaky one because the world's influence, you could almost understand, you know? It's hard to be set apart and not go along with the world. You could understand why it's so hard. But just to please yourself, you got to be careful with that one because that's, that's selfish right there. Selfish. Another reason was he was rebellious. He rebelled against his parents and against God. When I was reading through the text, I'm not going to have all of Samson's story up there because it's a long story, but I noticed after every time he did something wrong, well, at least when he uh, killed the lion and got honey out of the lion, it said afterwards his parents didn't know, which I thought was kind of funny because for the teenagers at least, not, this is, might not be for the adults right now, but for teenagers we think, oh, we're getting away with stuff, we're compromising or whatever. Oh, but our parents don't know, it's all good. But his, Samson's parents didn't take away the anointing of God from him. I'm just saying. Samson's parents weren't the one who ruined everything for him. So even if your parents never do find out, which odds are they probably will because that's just how God works, but even if they never do find out, you're not out of the woods because God knows. So... That was why he compromised. Now I want to tell you the results of his compromise. He lost the power and the anointing of God. In Judges 16.20, it says, Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He awoke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as before and shake myself free. But he didn't know that the Lord had left him. I'm going to read that part again. But he didn't know that the Lord had left him. That is pretty scary he didn't realize that the Lord left him when we compromise and we finally fall off that cliff and the power and the anointing finally leave you don't know it it's not like all of a sudden you're like oh man it just left you realize it when you it's too late you're already trying to break the bonds and you notice that oh I can't do it as I did before Samson lost his strength. He lost his physical strength. He tried to break the bonds of actual physical bonds, but he couldn't because he lost his strength. We might not lose our physical strength, but we, we could lose our emotional strength. We might try to be breaking our bonds of depression, anxiety, addiction, anything else. You know, bonds that hold us down, break them as we have, but it's, we can't because we realize that We've compromised and we've all finally, you know, we've fallen. Uh, he, he lost his physical sight. He, his eyes were literally gouged out of his head. So compromise can affect you physically. I mean, it might not, but it, it can. Like in 
Acts 5, Ananias and Sapphira, they were killed because they compromised. And uh, Solomon, he might have lost his salvation. In 1 Kings 11.4, it says, As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his, heart and turned his heart after God, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. So, I mean, Samson, there's people like debate about what that, because he had a covenant with God and everything, but we, that's one of those that's up in the air. It says that his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord. So he may have lost his salvation from compromise. And uh, Samson also lost his reputation. He went from killing Philistines to grinding grain. When people saw him, they didn't see the great Nazarite that he used to be. When we compromise as Christians, we lose our reputation as a Christian, you know? This one is really important because how can we be effective for Christ without our witness? That's what we're called to do is to witness and bring people to God. But when that's taken away, our reputation is taken away, how are we supposed to do that? The one thing we're called to do. But I want to leave you with that, you know, because Samson, he actually turned out okay in the end. He finally, he realized, you know, this isn't going to work. And instead of go, just deciding to go this way once it turned bad, he turned the right way. He went on the straight and narrow path. And I want to talk about Samson's redemption. It's not too late. If you're compromising right now, which a lot of people are, it's something we all struggle with. It's not too late to stop, but you can't keep doing it. You gotta stop. You gotta kill it in its tracks. You need to set your lines in wet cement and let it dry. I wanna tell you, hair grows back, everybody. We've all compromised. It's not too late. And with Samson, his hair returned, his strength returned, and his anointing returned. So as fast as you lose that anointing, it could come back to you. But you got to get on that right track. So I want to read uh, Matthew 7, 13 through 14 again. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. I want to read a quote by C.S. Lewis, who is the writer of um, the Narnia books. He said, as Christians, we are tempted to make unnecessary consensions to those outside the faith. We give in too much. Now, I don't mean that we should run the risk of making a nuisance of ourselves by witnessing at improper times, but there comes when we must show that we disagree. We must show our Christian colors if we are to be true to Jesus Christ. We cannot remain silent or concede everything away. Which I think works perfectly for what I was saying because, like, I'm not, I'm not saying that either. I'm not saying through this message that you need to go on the street corners with a sign yelling at people. But I'm telling you not to give in to them. You know, just some things that you don't do will speak louder than things you do to people. Yeah. And uh, another thing as Christians that we tend to do is when it's cool to be, it's just like when it, we compromise Christianity, even when it's cool to be a Christian, like when Tim Tebow is on the Broncos and he's doing good and he's praying before everything, we're like, yeah, I'm a Christian too, man. Yeah, all right. 
Tim Tebow is my homeboy, all this stuff. But then when, let's say, like, Lady Gaga is cool and she's saying, like, a different message and everything, we're like, oh, yeah, I'm with you guys. That's intolerant. Yeah. All the, we need to decide. We need to set it in stone. Yeah. And so my grandpa, he always says, if it were easy, then everybody would do it. It's not going to be easy to be a Christian. Some people think it's easy to be a Christian right now, but it, that means you're probably not doing it right. If it's easy for you to be a Christian, you're probably compromising, you know? You need to have difficulty. That's what be, it's, it comes with the, whatever that saying is, I don't know. I read Dr. Seuss and watch Looney Tunes, everybody, okay? I don't know that saying, sorry. But, yeah, that's what being Christian is all about. It's not going to be easy, but it's worth it, you know? And so we got to make a decision. And so um, this message is for everybody, but as youth and young adults, it's really hard for us because, like, adults, you get that popularity isn't everything and that, you know, in the light of eternity, nothing matters because you guys are older. <laughs> and I was going to say wiser, don't worry. But for us, it's harder because we're just, we're teenagers, we're youth, you know? And so we've been trying and trying because our youth, I really feel like we want to be different. We don't want to be, because I believe eventually our destinies and our call will happen. I believe a lot of us are called in to do great things for ministry or whatever, but that's later in life. We don't want to wait for that. We don't want to look back and be like, you know, I'm doing great things now, but when I was a youth, I was just kind of going by. I was just getting by, but we want to do great things now, and we've been trying every direction, but I thought of this. The one thing we're missing that we've never tried before is having our parents help us, you know? And the adults of the church helping us doing this, you know? Because we can't do it without you guys. Like, parents, I understand giving us um, trust. Yeah, trust. I understand that, and it's awesome. But there's some things that we just need you to help us out with, you know? And be parents. Not our, you're not supposed to be our friends yet. You can be our friends when we're older and... All that stuff, we'll hang out all the time. But right now, be our parents, all right? That's what you're here for. So I got an action step for you guys, you know? Pastor Dave, whenever he preaches in youth, he always gives us action steps, which is ways you could kind of, you know, um, use the message and practice it. So this one's for the parents. You guys, start being our parents, you know? Checking up on us. Don't let us get into those compromising situations because a lot of us can't handle it yet, you know? If we're, if we're on that track and we're, we're going and we eventually have to choose, a lot of us are at a point where it's going to go this way because that way is cooler and funner. And, yeah, that way doesn't lead the right way. And so just check up on us, you know? Check, our, check what we're listening to, what we're watching, you know? Check what we're feeding our spirits and everything. And I, I want you guys to pray for us, too. But I want to do something, but I don't want to do it yet. First of all, I would like 
everyone to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I would like to ask if there is um, anyone here who you haven't even made your decision on which road you are yet. You've never said, I want to follow Jesus. I, I want to be a Christian. I want to take that vow. I want to be different. I, if you've never accepted Jesus into your heart and you would like to, I'd like for you to raise your hand. Is there anyone? Okay, that's good. But now I would like for all the youth and young adults to come to the front. So like 10 to uh, 25. Come up here. Or like college age, if you're not 25, it's cool. It's hard for us, you guys. You know how tempting it is. But I really feel like a lot of us want to be different, you know? And so today's, make today a day of not just, you know, oh, I'm just going to go through the motions and get this over with. If you really want to make a change and not compromise anymore, then really make today that day that you make the decision that you're, you're choosing your road. Today, choose your road. Whatever road, choose it today. Don't play a game anymore because God says that if you're lukewarm, which is walking both roads at the same time, he spits you out of his mouth. He, does, he would rather you be on the wrong road than be going both at the same time because that's just, ugh, you know? So today, I want you guys to just choose. And I would like for the parents, or even if you're not the parents of these kids, people, young adults, youth, to come up and really pray for us. And I'm not just saying like, dear Jesus, help us. I'm saying like, pray like this is life or death, you know? Make today the day that we choose which road we're gonna be on. So I, I would like you guys, if you're, if you're physically able, just come in, come and pray for these guys. If you guys could turn youth and young adults and face the, start, can you guys scoot down a little too this way? Spread out so there's room for everyone. parents you could come we need help from everyone yeah we come on you guys we need you right now we need you to help us come pray for us stumble but you use 
So let's really do it this time, you guys. We have each other. We have our parents. We have each other. So thank you guys for letting me come and talk. preacher in the making, don't you? Amen. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you. <laughs> Let your light shine before men. We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. And with God's help, the help of the Holy Spirit, we can actually choose properly every time. Every time. We can't. If he called us to holiness, then he'll help us to live a holy life. And I believe, Elliot, this is a challenge for us today of not compromising and walking the road which is narrow, walking that narrow road that God has called us to walk. So I thank you for the challenge that has come uh, to all of our hearts today, not just the youth, but all of us, and for giving us permission. Wow, I, I like that. I think I'll just highlight that one more time because I want to make sure as parents we're getting that. You're, you're inviting, did I hear this right? You're inviting us in, checking your texting. You didn't say that, but I, I'm going I'm to say it. Checking your music. Checking what you're what you're viewing on the computer. Am I am I did I hear the challenge right? Seriously, folks, if we if we wait till it's too late, then we, we have no one to blame but ourselves. So let's get let's get busy and let's get involved and let's see God raise up our young people, our children to be powerhouses for the kingdom. Amen. Amen. I love it. I love it. Hallelujah. Pastor Dave, come and dismiss us in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, for the challenging word that uh, Elliot brought to us. I pray, Father, that our hearts would be open, that it would sink deep in, God, that from this point on, Lord, that we would choose the narrow road. God, I pray that you would give us the strength to shine your light to everybody that we come in contact with. God, and we bring praise to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hang on a minute. I delayed, I delayed doing this because I thought Elliot was going to, and I didn't want to steal his thunder. But my mother-in-law's here. I thought he would acknowledge his grandma. But it's good to have Marlene all the way from uh, Pennsylvania. She's going to be with us for a couple of weeks. God bless everybody. Hug on somebody's neck and have a blessed day.